You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to The Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is is all about unlocking your full potential. I'm super excited to have a very special guest with me, Ted Murray. Let me tell you all about him. He spent 38 years in the tennis industry where he visited over 30 countries and developed programs for first-class clubs, resorts, and academics. His vision is to make tennis fun and fulfilling while helping people develop life skills that will contribute to achieving their dreams. He owned a world-class tennis and fitness club in Florida for 10 years. He's taught students from ages 3 to 85, beginners to juniors who went on to win Olympic medals. He believes that tennis is a wonderful vehicle for learning and to live in an empowered way. Welcome, Ted. Thanks for sharing part of your day. What else do you want to add to that introduction? Well, thanks so much, Nancy. I just felt so blessed to have been able to sort of live my dream of, you know, tennis was my passion growing up and then to travel the world and to be part of a company that really was meant to take tennis to all over the parts of the world and to help change people's lives through tennis. And I've been able to carry that on through the rest of my career. And it's just been so rewarding to be able to live my passion in that way and have so many wonderful experiences and meet so many incredible people. Yeah, what a journey around the world. So what inspired you to use tennis as a way to help people unlock their potential? Well, I I was just good enough to play high school tennis and get a college scholarship. And then I started teaching tennis in the summers up in in Canada. And my mentor there was Peter Burwash. And he had a vision of taking tennis to every town and village. And he was way ahead of the game as a teacher. And so he inspired me to make tennis my career, and in fact, he gave me the choice after my, my uh, junior year of college of saying, well, do you want to return back to college for another year, or do you want to go out to Hawaii and help me start this international tennis management company? And um, I took Hawaii and have never regretted it, and it was just an amazing experience to be part of an entrepreneurial startup company that had a huge vision, uh, not much for resources, but required uh, a great sense of commitment to everyone that was there. It was really like a family. And just being part of that where that vision kept you going and kept you motivated every day um, and being with other team members who you really felt like you were, we were brothers and, and really having a great time together and yet really felt that sense of mission and sense of purpose of really bringing something wonderful to people. That's really cool. And t- so you play doubles when you said you've got a team? Well, uh, that I love the doubles aspect of tennis, and tennis is, a specific, is an amazing sport because it has the individual aspect as well as the team. But we actually, in, in Peter Burwash International, felt like we were a team, uh, whether you were working at a site or we had a tennis show that we took throughout the world that was called the Harlem Globetrotters of Tennis. And it was fun 
instructional, entertaining, and skill-oriented. And so traveling like that gave us the, the sense of being on the circuit without the competition against each other. Instead, we did work together as a team to produce this amazing show that really made tennis really accessible to people and really let them see what an amazing sport it really is. So did you do really cool Harlem Globetrotter tricks, or was it just tennis? Oh, yeah, we did tricks. So we would think I had to learn how to juggle, and we would juggle two balls and rackets and toss them back, toss our rackets back and forth to each other across the net and do some pretty amazing things like that. Um, probably not quite as skilled as the Harlem Globetrotters themselves, <laughs> but it was pretty impressive for tennis. And uh, it was, again, just a lot of fun to develop those skills but always with the goal of entertaining people and educating them at the same time. So I love that combination of education and entertainment. And I feel like um, coming from an educational background where all my family were all teachers, um, I feel like education has been so boring the way it's developed in schools and trying to create that entertainment aspect of education I think is so critical in, in any aspect that we're doing. So any entrepreneur who's trying to teach anything, I think that entertainment, laughter, humor is a huge part of the learning experience that you're trying to convey to people. Absolutely. So today you teach tennis and you also coach coaches. Do you just limit your coaching to tennis coaches or will you help any coach who needs some support? Well, I've been... Uh, most of my life I've been sort of separating two things. One, I have this, the component that says, you know, I want to really help people grow in all aspects and be, see, empower them to become better at whatever they do. And then the other half is doing it just on the tennis court. And so now I'm really combining that and saying that the lessons that I've learned coaching tennis have tremendous value to all aspects of life. And so now I'm doing life coaching as well, and that would be for anyone who is really looking to take their life to another level. And that's what's really exciting me now is combining the two. I still love going on the court and, and lighting people up that way. And at the same time, I, I love the idea of saying I'm not limited to just people that I can be with on the court, but I can be with someone on Zoom or Skype across the world and still have a tremendous impact on their life. And really it's about empowering people to see the, the strength and the genius they have within. Most of us limit ourselves and, and accept the belief structure we were brought up with. And I love just helping people move beyond those limiting beliefs and really jump in and try the impossible and find that, hey, they're capable of doing so many more things than they might have thought they're capable of. And so combining the two is really my joy right now. That's really cool. So I always grew up playing sports, and I think it's made me a lot more confident just in general. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on confidence in sports? I think it's an essential part of growing up. Um, unfortunately, in today's world, it seems like the sports world has become way too competitive. Um, when I grew up, you know, I could just get out of the park and hang out for a whole afternoon and just play basketball and baseball and we play pickup games and do whatever. Um, and so you learn to gravitate towards what really became your passion. In today's world, it seems like the kids are having to be uh, coached all the time and driven here and there and they're forced to 
they're specialized at such an early age, or what happens too often is their confidence is crushed because they weren't one of the naturally talented ones, and so they get left behind because the coaches only focus on those who have talent and, and focus only on winning. So my goal in, in teaching tennis is to take everybody, I don't care if they have absolutely no talent whatsoever, and help them realize that they can achieve a level in the game and through that process develop confidence that they can take other challenges in their life and not be afraid of being looked at as not skilled or not capable. And I think that's uh, – it's. I have a real issue with the way coaches approach things, and that's one of the reasons that I really want to help sort of shift the whole mentality of sports coaching in tennis and in other sports as well so that it becomes much more about helping people develop their self-esteem instead of potentially crushing them in the name of we have to win at all costs. And how is that working in today's world since people are kind of competitive in everything? Well, it's, it is a challenge. Um, and I've selected at this stage of my life to work with more beginning players rather than um, advanced players who have aspirations to go on to become uh, college players or, or potential pros. And a big part of that is the parents. Um, I prefer not to have to deal with the, the parental pressures that are so often a part of that journey. And so I've sort of found my niche of helping kids who are not aspiring to be top players but really want a sport that they can develop enough skills to be able to have it as a lifetime sport. And that, to me, at this stage is more rewarding than helping kids who really do aspire to become top-level athletes because, again, that path is such a challenging one right now. And, um, it's, it's, again, it's a symptom of our society, I think, that the competitiveness has taken the place of, of really cooperation to help everyone improve. And, you know, my model, I was fortunate in India to be the first coach of the Britannia Amitraj Tennis Foundation, which is a really unique corporate-sponsored program to take the top eight kids in the country to produce the next generation Davis Cup players. And it was very unique because we had no parental pressure. It was all corporate. We ran things. And the beauty of it was these kids, even though they were from all parts of the country and only shared English as their common language, and had always seen themselves as competitors, developed such a love for each other and such a feeling that if I do well and beat you, it's going to force you to work harder and get better too. And so you had this spiral where all of them were trying to beat each other, but at the same time it was cooperating so that everyone became better. And that to me is what needs to happen in sports, is to see your competition not as an enemy, but as your greatest friend, and in any aspect of business, if you look at your competitor and say, wait a minute, my goal isn't to beat you. My goal is to see what you're doing and what you're forcing me to do better so that I can be better. And then you do the same thing, and we pretty soon we all do better. And who wins? The customer and all of us because we're all providing a much better service, whether it's in business or in sports. It's about cooperation to, to raise everybody's level and everybody's game. And to me, that's a much more rewarding way to live than in the, the zero-sum uh, 
competitiveness, feeling like there is a lack in the world and we all are just um, scrambling and competing like crazy to get our little piece of the pie. I would love to see everyone say, what are my limits? You know, let's get rid of all the limitations and see what we're all capable of doing in a much more um, cooperative and integ integrity, really, in everything we do. I like that. So I, my passion is productivity and getting things done. I like to have people get things done sooner so that they've got more time to play. And uh, you'll like this. I use the tournament bracket tool to help people learn how to prioritize because there only can be one priority. So a lot of mm. times I'll pull out a bracket, a blank bracket, kind of like March Madness, and have uh -huh. them graph their priorities and you know, see who finally wins the one top priority, and then they can work backwards. Do you have a trick, a sports tool that people can use to be more productive? That's a great one. I think the prioritizing is really the key. I like to use journals, and I've developed a number of, of journals for specific sports um, that ask questions but continually keep reminding people, okay, what, what is my higher purpose? What is my most important thing? I haven't heard of the tournament bracket, bracket tool, and I love that idea. Um, the one coach that I'm working with now has what's called a step map, and it's re very interesting. They're saying, if I have a project to do, let me break it down into steps and, and then actually map, put those on my calendar and map the whole project through on their calendar. And of course, estimate how much time you think it will take and then add about 30 or 40% because usually things take more than they do. But it's a great way to visually see, oh, okay, if I do X, Y, Z and take these steps every single day, then I'm going to get to that end result. And I love the idea of breaking down big tasks into smaller steps. And it's just like setting a goal of saying, okay, I want to prepare for Wimbledon this year. Well, that's nice, you know, but if that's all you do, you're never going to do anything. You're not going to take the first step because it's way too big a goal. So taking that goal and doing what you're saying is prioritizing and saying, okay, now, this is the first step, this is the next step, here's the next step, and then putting it into your calendar. And what I like there is laying it over your life and being really true with yourself of saying, A, how much time is it going to take? Number two, uh, I've got a life. You know, I can't just focus on being produ productive all the time because I have a family, I have friends, I have things, and what we term as incidental mayhem. Things are going to happen. And so having that prioritization of saying, here's what I need to get done here to be able to keep taking that next step in the process is really, really important. And that's what every athlete does, is saying, okay, today I have to do X, Y, Z in order to stay on track for running that marathon or in order to stay on track for playing in this tournament or being prepared for this triathlon. And I think that organization that athletes have to learn it is very, very valuable for anybody in business of being able to take those steps that lead you in the direction of your real goals. Great answer. I like that. Tell us about your book. You've got, actually, you've got a couple books. Well, I, I co-authored an instruction book about 20, 20 years ago. And even though it's a great book and has a lot of things that are still very, very valid even 20, 25 years later, um, people don't read. And uh, especially tennis players, there's never been a really great 
uh, tennis instruction book except for the inner game of tennis, which was an, an amazing groundbreaking book. Um, so I decided the books I like to read are novels, novels that have a, a message. And so I started writing a book that ended up being called Tennis from the Heart, Pursuing the Dream. And it's a, it's a story about a, a journeyman pro who after 10 years of, of being on the circuit with limited results breaks through to make the finals of Wimbledon. And then he looks back at his whole career and, and it really goes through my concept of what a tennis journey is, of the good coaches and bad coaches he had, of the good academies and the bad academies he went to, of the challenges he had with his parents, of the mentors he had, of the decisions of whether to go to college or turn pro. And it's just really about life in general, of how to be mindful and how to be aware of what your true purpose is and when you're in a path that's leading you away from that true purpose. And of course, there's a little love interest that sparks everything and, and makes things come together. And it really was a fun process for me to, to write it because it would just sort of, I would just sit down on a regular basis. Again, I did 20 minutes, 30 minutes in the morning, one step at a time. And I was just surprised at what came through. I was as interested in finding out what the story was happening as, as anyone. And it was just one of those magical processes that came through. And I'm, I'm really proud of it because it really has made a difference in the kids and, and the people who have read it uh, to really see that there's more to this, to this game and to sports than just physical skills, but how much the, the mind plays a role and then especially how much the heart plays a role and how important that is to be able to overcome and deal with the challenges that you're going to face, whether it's on a tennis court, whether it's on a basketball court, or whether it's in business and life in general. You know, it's all about facing challenges, not shirking and, or hiding away from them, but really facing them and saying, okay, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? And how can I get the help that I need at the specific times that I need in my life to be able to give me that assist to get through those challenges? And so and the book has all of that, and it's, it's a lot of fun. It sounds really cool. Where can people find that? The best place, is, it's on Amazon, so you're welcome to go to Amazon. Uh, it's called Tennis from the Heart, Pursuing the Dream. It's also available on my website, which is also tennisfromtheheart.com. Excellent. So before we wrap up, you get the standard question I ask everybody on this podcast because we're all about productivity. Mm-hmm. If you had one more hour in your day, how would you spend it? That's a great question. Um, I would do two things. My first five minutes of that extra hour would be standing in front of a mirror saying, I love you. Because self-love is the driving force of everything. If you don't love yourself, it's very difficult to share your gifts with others in a very powerful way. And I think it's something that we've been sort of shamed out of of really saying, hey, I love you. We take it as, as being something that's very egotistic or, or, or boastful. But just being with yourself in that process is, is quite amazing. And I like to follow that with 10 minutes or so of meditation. But then the, the rest of that hour, so this, I, this is how I divide it. Five minutes loving myself in the mirror, 10 minutes of silent meditation, going within, and then about 45 minutes 
of exercise. Having been an athlete and, and owning a health club, and I recognize how important that taking care of your body really is. And I feel like for every hour that you exercise, you really gain two hours of productivity because your energy level is sharper, your brain is sharper, and you feel so much better about yourself because you've accomplished something. And especially if you do it early in the morning, having that morning ritual is so important. I think that's, for people wanting to take a quantum leap in their life, I think the best thing to do is to get up half an hour or an hour earlier and create that morning ritual that has those elements in it that really says, I'm starting off my day in a very powerful and empowered way. And I think people that do that will find that their productivity really goes through the roof. That's a great answer, and I totally agree with that too. I'm a morning person, and exercise, when I, on the days I don't exercise, if something comes up, I'm just a little slower throughout the day. On mm-hmm. the days I do, I, I move faster. It's really, really weird. It's what amazing, else isn't would, it? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> what else would you like to add that I didn't think to ask you on this podcast? Well, I think the key is, you know, we're all here for a purpose, and I think finding your purpose in life Finding your true passion and following that is really the key to success. And, of course, defining success in a way that really is empowering to you as opposed to letting society itself define it for you and, and thinking, well, if I'm not making six figures, I'm, I'm, I'm a failure. Or if I'm not doing X, Y, Z, I think too often we get hung up on, again, that, that competitive, comparative mentality of, There's always going to be somebody who's bigger, faster, richer, stronger. Um, But I think to look at your uniqueness and say, what is unique about me? What really turns me on? And then how can I make that the focus of my life and sharing that gift with others in a way that really is powerful for them? And um, it just seems like to me that is what, makes life really successful. There are so many people who have followed sort of the tradition of, you know, get a job, do this, retire, and they reach their retirement age, they've reached all their financial goals, and they're empty. What next? You know, what's the next step of my life? And so I think a lot of my, my coaching focus right now, I love getting the kids out on the tennis court, but I love really coaching people who are in that sort of phase of saying, you know, what's the next phase of my life? How can I age in a much more graceful and beneficial way where I'm really contributing to society and having the time of my life instead of just focusing on accepting that my, my aging process is going to mean retirement homes and, and Alzheimer's and living on drugs in the hospital. Uh, they're just so many examples of people who are so vibrant and so energetic and so sharp and so focused on making a contribution to the world that, you know, you, you wouldn't know they're 85 or 90 years old. They're just so vibrant. And I think that's part of my mission in life right now is to, one, help be an example of that and at the same time encourage others to see the, the latter stages of life as being full of so much potential to really uh, just live the dream. 
and, and keep that dream alive and not give it up in going for the so-called success formula that really doesn't necessarily lead to internal happiness and peace. Those are great parting words. I had the opportunity to meet Michael Gerber and Mark Victor Hansen. Both of them, I think, are in their 80s and made a huge impact on the world, and they are just doing incredible things and still going. So that's true. Take care of your body so you can get to those older ages and really make an impact. Ted, thanks so much for taking time to be on the show today. There was lots of great tips and inspiration. Listeners, I just added some speed consulting days on my calendar for this fall. This is where you accelerate your business in just one day instead of coaching, which can take many months. Go to nancygaines.com slash scale sc. A-L-E to learn more. And if you loved our show, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S, dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.